Hey y'all, this is Ryan Monso, and this is the Talking About Them Cougars podcast from GoCougs.com in affiliation with Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Republic of Football podcast network. I think I got that right. So let's talk about the news of news. Alton McCaskill declares for the portal. It officially came down Wednesday morning, about 8.52. We were leaked this story uh, Tuesday afternoon. Um, Obviously, it was leaked to Mark Berman as well. So Alton's in the portal. He's your best player. There's just no question about it. Going into 2023, into the Big 12, he was going to be the guy that led the offense. There's just, I mean, there's no other way to say it. Well, I mean, he was the, he was the guy in 2021. He was the engine that propelled U of H to a 12 and two record and a birth in the uh, conference championship game. Um, He scored 18 touchdowns that year, 16 on the ground, two in the air uh, reception. He was your football team that year. Mm-hmm. And obviously there were other great guys, uh, but Alton made it happen. And he went into the portal. The, the timeline is Friday. Everything was great. He goes to a party on the weekend. He comes back Monday morning, tearful into Dana's office and says, I'm out. And to his credit, when Dana was quoted about this, he actually said nice things about Alton. He has not done that with other transfers. Uh, they quickly delete them off of the website, and it's done. But yeah. with Alton McCaskill, he praised him, and I mean, he should, because the way to get people to come in or the way to get recruits is not to start trashing your best players when they leave. Yeah, and you know, just because you put your port name in the portal doesn't mean you have to leave. No, it doesn't. He's leaving, but it doesn't mean you have to leave. Right, right. Unless the coach says what Dana normally does, and you get four hundred four on the website, and you know, start telling people that that they weren't any good anyhow. Yeah, I don't think that one's going to work with Alton. Not not anytime soon. Oh, there, it'll be said. It'll be it'll be said, you know, once once we get into the uh... fans will say it and fans that do say it are idiots. True. Because. Ultimate McCaskill was a legit build your program around him guy. Yeah, there have been very few of those guys at the University of Houston since Case Keenum at Oliver. Greg Ward. It's scary. I guess you could say. Clayton Toon, but Alton, I think, was just a much bigger deal than Alton, anybody Alton, that's been on this roster he, for quite a while. A, he was a guy that was going to, he was a guy that's going to eat up a lot of your game plan. It's gonna, mm-hmm. the game was gonna run through him, and he makes your passing game better because he's such a threat on the ground and even even out in the flats or Not wide, the, yeah, the ball. Um, he's a guy that is a threat anytime he's between the lines, and he's a threat to score or go big. Um, he was a, he was a, he was a game breaker, and the only reason why he had 
quote unquote, just under a thousand yards is because it took him a, a few games to get into the rotation. Right. First As a true freshman. Game, I mean, the, what the, the game against Texas tech, what did he have? Like maybe six touches. Yeah, that sounds right. It just took him a little bit as a true freshman to kind of get into the swing of things and to get into the rotation and then to get his to get his kind of starring role. And once he did, he just was destructive. And he was also he was a difference maker for another reason is that he was money inside the five yard line. Yes. He was strong on short yardage. Now, anybody who watched last year saw we were terrible inside the five or terrible in short yardage. This guy was picking up. He he wasn't just a flash, speedy guy. He was picking up dirty, tough yards. He was extending drives. He was scoring touchdowns when you needed it. You know, you, you hear, you heard all off season um, from people around the program that hey, the difference the difference between between seven and and 10 wins was Alton McCaskill. That is even more magnified going into a stronger league against bigger, stronger, faster, better opponents that we've, than we've ever faced. I mean, we've got a lot, we've got a a lot of waking up to do going into next year, but he was going to help bridge that gap. And that is apparently no longer the case. So while we're recording this, Cameron Johnson tweeted, and I guess we have to go back to Tuesday night. Matthew Golden, receiver for the Houston Cougars, says in a tweet, stay on that side when the tables turn. Which I believe means, you know, stay with your guys, right? Urban Dictionary doesn't have this in it, so I can't 100% know. But I, mean, I think that's I, what it means. I don't know. It's hard to read into tweets, but if I was going to read into tweets, that would tell me um, I would read it as him talking Stay loyal. To, or talking to other people or people who might have left the program that don't be yeah. coming back around whenever things get, get better here. I'm dumb. Maybe yours is a better reading of it. With that said, Cameron Johnson who entered the portal a month ago, tweeted, not to Golden, but obviously with him on his mind, y'all mad because boys not trying to think with the ship. Be real. I'll gladly stay on this side. And it's the sink with the ship part that is the obvious thing to look at. Yeah. I think there's a huge and growing part of the fan base that thinks this is a sinking ship. And that you're missing so much that you had and your your top line guys are leaving, it's bad. For well, a former player to say it is just a whole different level. It puts it out there on the record in the world that these guys yeah. are thinking kind of the same thing. Well, and it's not just it's not just a former player, it's a guy who played the last he started every game, yeah. Last three years, started every game last year and was an all conference performer last year. 
when I and when I say all conference performer, I'm saying all conference report performer voted on by the coaches, not in first team, and not random, not rando uh, publication or whatever. I mean, heck, we could come up with an all conference and just name people. We might do that. I think that's exactly what we will do. Yeah, but so for keep an completely eye out different for reasons. Yeah, keep an eye out for it in December whenever we come out with our all conference selections. Probably gonna have to do a preseason one too. Oh, I definitely will do that. Yeah. You're coming up with some really good ideas. I like that. Thank you. But what uh, the Goku's preseason all conference team in the Big Twelve? I like it. Yeah, My, most of mine will be focused on cool names. Well, cool names is good. Guys, you think you'd like to have a, a beer with based on their, you know, school provided photo? Uh, oh, that's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. I, I already, but I already have. I already have and the, mullets. I already have the guy that I would I would want to hang out with, and that is the uh, the dude who caught the the what was it the touchdown extra point or whatever from Kansas uh, a couple years ago against Texas. That's who you want to hang out with. Yep. Yep. He seems like my kind of folk. Okay. And see, I I like uh, General Booty from OU, but that's. Another conversation. Yeah, but you know that also that also goes to your LSU roots, and you have that uh, that, that whole that John David Josh Booty. Booty. Oh, Josh Booty. Yeah, man. Well, he was a evangelical Christian boy. Yeah, Shreveport evangelical Christian. I just remember. I just remember him coming out of high school, just supposed to be the next god of all gods, king of kings. Yeah, there were a lot of those back in the day. But anyways, back to the topic. Which I don't even remember what it was. It was Cameron Johnson. He tweeted, "Yes, Cameron. These guys are there's there's a problem in the program, and that's why U of H is trying to get out in front of it and to spin it in the direction they wanted, which is obvious and what they should do. But you've got to take that other side as well. Is why are these guys leaving? It's not." At least in Cameron Johnson's case, it's not for quick money. He hasn't even uh, declared for anywhere. Um, maybe it's the case for Alton. Don't know. I think it might be, but don't know. But these guys are jumping out of here. That's three starters on offense now from mm-hmm. last year. On top of the losses you had from last year. Yeah. And, but plus natural. your kicker. Yeah. So I'm... I am very interested to see where this is going to go with players and former players and, and just their public comments. Obviously, there's a lot more behind the scenes that we're not privy to. Right. But just the things we're seeing right now with Alton declaring this morning, the information coming out Wednesday or Tuesday night um, between Mark Berman and GoCooks.com, and now Cameron Johnson responding I assume there will be other people who respond, but we'll see. Nothing, nothing else. You don't have anything else. You good? Well, and I was thinking, you know, as far as the fan base being concerned and having at least partial conversation or confirmation of a sinking ship is we're pretty experienced being on the Titanic. I mean, it's being on the Titanic is like groundhog day for us. I mean, we've been there before. 
we know what we know what an iceberg sounds like as it rips the hull apart, and we're hearing similar noises. Yeah, uh, there's really no way to say anything else. Well, the one thing <clears throat> in looking at um, his announcement, um, Alton's that is, is I'm actually happy to see outside the Colorado fans who were going nuts thanks to Bruce Feldman saying that Colorado is going to be the target. But seeing the U of H fans reaction for the most part is pretty positive. You know, most of them are like, Hey, we understand. Go be great. Do what you got to do. You know, appreciate you being, I think they have definitely gotten better about it. And and I appreciate that because that's how you should react. I mean, it's an it's a new reality of sports. Well, we've talked about it a lot today, but I mean, it's your, it is what it is. Yeah, and it's, and, there's not and, a whole lot we can do about it. You're going to see a lot of people leave when your core recruiting philosophy is built around transfers. Yeah, because you're recruiting your transfers are guys that are coming in with at least you know a season experience. But they're taking the place of the kids you recruited out of high school. That's true. And those guys out of high school are getting run off. I mean, let's let's be real frank about that. Which is another reason why I can't I can't fault kids for transferring. Because I mean, we do it. Well, no, I don't think you can fault a a player for transferring. And we're purging we're purging our roster as much as we're adding to it. And that's a topic for another day is the recruiting through four years and how many have left, how many really shouldn't have been here and how many came in and were productive and got better. Because if you, if you want to limit it to guys you recruit out of high school who came here and stayed for three or more years mm-hmm. and got better, mm-hmm. That's a pretty short list under this regime. Yeah, I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to think. Along. I mean, if Clayton Tune was recorded, recruited by Major, yep. So you can't count him. Um, Patrick. I Paul mean, guys like Marcus Jones came in as a transfer and obviously got better and became legit stars. Well, Pink I mean, Dell was here he three was also, years. I think he was also an All American punt returner too. He was, but. And wasn't he all conference defensive back? I don't. Um, he he had, here or it it he had he had skin on the wall at Troy. Yeah, but he which did, is why he, he wanted work. to get out, why he wanted to transfer, and so right. good for him. He, he wanted a bigger platform. Yeah, no problem. Much much like Alcasco wants a bigger platform. So I mean, if, so, if, you're, if you're happy, if you're happy with getting good players from the portal you have to understand that you're going to lose good players to the portal. Absolutely. Everybody, everybody loses good players to the portal. Yeah. Nobody's immune to that. All right. You ready? Who knows? Okay. So with all, with all that being said, you, you touched on, on it briefly of kind of how this got to this point. Um, do you know anything? I mean, I don't know anything. Anything else of 
did this really just come out of the blue or was this something that had been possibly brewing over time? I mean, I don't I don't have any hard evidence, but I do have some indications that it's not such a very new scenario that things have been going on that led to this point. I think someone got to him, a marketing rep, an agent, and put it in his ear that the program's in disarray. Your offensive linemen are bailing out. The guys that you're bringing in on the offensive line or making offers to are lower level guys. The marketing rep that he signed with, it's a company called Playmaker, has represented U of H athletes in the past, Kyler Edwards, Marcus, Marcus Sasser, and he's a Houston guy that runs that. It, From it, early April, when we spoke to Alton McCaskill, to now, something changed. Because Alton was all team, ready to go, said that they had the best backfield, perhaps in the country, and... And that now, was, but that was also before he lost his starting guard from last year and the starting right tackle from last year. That's Macaroni. true. Now, at the same time, Lance Robinson had been beat out in the spring. He was not going to start going into the fall. He's always obviously just a play away from being a starter, but that's just the facts. Right. But losing those guys with, from a guy like Alton who's coming off a knee who did not do any live football in the spring, I could see where the mind would start to, to wander. Right. But obviously there's another component, and it's NIL. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I guarantee, I mean, I, I, NIL plays a part in every decision as it should because – yes players now have options and you would be crazy not to look at those options. I mean, you'd be insane. We're talking considerable amounts of money and Alton ran a GoFundMe in the, I guess it was in the fall. Yeah, I think um, it was, I think it was August. Of last okay. Year. So, it was August. but not too long ago. Right. Now, neither HOU, NIL, or Lincoln Cougs were around in August, if that's when it happened. Right. So we didn't, it wasn't something where we could fix it immediately. But apparently he got the help that he needed, and it got him through to whatever. Now, going into the Big 12, ramping up, he should have been getting big money. I don't know if he was. He should have been the number one guy in football. Right. More than Donovan Smith or Lucas Coley. I mean, just he's the guy. You've right. got to take care of him. And I, I am sure that U of H or Linking Cougs or whoever is in charge here believed they were taking care of him. Obviously, right. and to be, somebody to be, didn't. Well, to be, to be fair... I don't think we're at a stage from a, a university fan base point, from a fundraising fan, from a fundraising standpoint, and even from an NIL. Um, if you combine everything that everybody is contributing on that stage, 
we're not going to be competitive with the types of programs that can go after somebody like that. I mean, look back, look back at his offer list. I mean, his offer list is a who's who of blue bloods. Yeah. I mean, who, who did we have? Um, Alabama, Notre Dame, USC, Michigan, Auburn, Ole Miss. I mean, you've got, you've got people with what big time pedigree with big time money. Um, that's just not a, that's not a, that's not a, uh, a pool we can play in no matter how good we, we are. Right. Um, I'm sure that they were probably taken. He was taken care of the best that we could possibly do. Um, so when it comes down to, when it comes down to money, we were never going to be able to compete. But my, my thing is if it was all about money, it had been gone last year because he's had these opportunities. I mean, he was, rec- he was recruited and he was signed in 2020 but who's taking a guy with an acl you know i just don't well, this, see that, that i'm happening. talking about i'm talking about after uh, after last season so it, like the december january time frame yeah well back then after back then, the remember auburn there, win remember there wasn't a portal window that's true there was no portal window so they could enter the portal anytime that they wanted and you know you're talking about a season where he blew up he blew up big. Had a good game against Auburn in the uh, in the in the uh, what was it Birmingham Bowl or whatever the yeah. whatever the heck that well, was. And that's I mean, who was all over him at that point in time. Well, and we heard Brian we Harson heard, and Auburn. We heard rumors last year that hey, big money's coming after coming after McCaskill. So the the money was there. Yeah, I mean, well, let money, me disabuse the, you of the rumor thing. That happened. Okay, okay. Alton was getting pelted by Brian Harson's staff and, and the NIL people around Auburn. And I, I think it was other people, but Auburn's the only one I know for sure. The money option was always there, and it was there last year. Um, his, I guess, market diminished after he got, after he got injured. I mean, on his, um, on his GoFundMe page, he said the NIL deals that he had, which were great, they all kind of dried up after he got uh, after he got injured. Yeah. Unfortunate, unfortunate part of the business, but you know, professionals go through the, through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just that's just the way it is. It sucks, but you know, it might not be fair. But welcome to life because it ain't fair. So the money was always there. So I, while I know that money is. A, a big factor and because it, it always is i don't think that money was the end-all be-all the i don't think it was the only thing the only consideration i it's don't think not was, just nil exactly i think nil probably pushed it over the edge but you know looking you know i, I looked through his um <laughs> i looked through his twitter and instagram Last night, because I mean, I didn't, I didn't get the news until what eight or nine o'clock last night. Um, so you know, initially I'm trying to, well, how did this? Why did this happen? And so I go through and look, look at all of his, uh, his activity on Twitter to see if there are any hints. You know, yeah. there wouldn't, there weren't any overt hints. Everything was positive. Everything was great. But one thing I did notice that that kind of stood out to me is that. Most of his activity was, you know, retweets. 
and most of the stuff that he was retweeting was about guys that were leaving U of H and going into the portal. A lot of that focused on a lot of the offensive linemen. Now, granted, he had a lot of opportunity to retweet offensive linemen <laughs> leaving because in you're since, saying he got practice since December. We've lost eight offensive linemen, two of which turned out to be starters last season. Regardless if Lance Robinson was going to be a, a starter this year, yeah. he was a starter last year, so he was a proven guy that you could get something out of that would be one play away this year. It's always good to have that kind of depth of somebody that you can step in. So he was, the subtraction was not good. But anyhow, that's eight players. Now, if you look over the last, this portal, this portal year and last portal year, you got another four offensive linemen. So in the last full calendar year, you got 12 offensive linemen who have disappeared from the program. Not all of them are going to be starters. Not all of them are going to be contributors. But if you're going to use the excuse that, that, that we used earlier i guess a few weeks ago of we could we didn't have enough offensive linemen to even to even scrimmage against each other we only had 10 available offensive linemen well probably because you got rid of 12 in the last year and if my math is right eight of those 12 have started some games a lot of bodies now yeah. from from a from an outside perspective we look at that as well they just you know they just weren't they just weren't that good. Okay. Okay. Granted, I, I 100% agree. But from a player's perspective, those are your friends. So my, my other kind of connecting the dots of what would go into a player's decision is the coaching changes in the last year. Yeah. Um, you know, your position coaches are the guys that you're with every day. You know, those are those are the guys that you're inter interacting the most with. Um, the running back coach that he had his freshman year and when he was experiencing his greatest success was Markel Blackwell. Um, regardless of what anybody thinks about him, and I was I was a critic when he was our quarterbacks coach because he shouldn't have been a quarterbacks coach. He was always a running back coach and he should have always been a running back coach. But when he went, when he moved over and Dawson was made the, the um, quote unquote offensive coordinator and he moved from tight end to offensive coordinator, then Blackwell moved from quarterback coach to running back coach. Not surprisingly, running backs had a really good success. Helly had really good success the next year in our Alton's freshman year. Mm -hmm. Well, Blackwell took a job at Auburn. Um, so he's gone. Not a big deal, we think, we thought, but it's a factor because no. that's the guy he's dealing with every single day. Breaking down film, meetings, position meetings, position practices. I mean, those are the guys you're with every single day. Um, also, within this year, you lose the co-offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, Shannon Dawson. What extent he was involved as far as play calling, I don't know. But he's, he's the, he was the offensive coordinator, for better or for worse. 
um, that's the guy who is who your running backs are going going to be dealing with the second most because those are the guys Maybe. that are run those are guys that are running well other than trainers and, and weight well, strength conditioning. I think it's run game coordinator. And that was Brandon Jones and he also left. Well and that's what I was that my, that was going to be my next one after Dawson. Yeah. But you know Dawson's the one that's putting in the offensive game plan, leading the offensive the entire offensive meetings, all of that fun stuff. And then of course you've got the offensive line coach and Brandon Jones. I am perfectly fine with Brandon Jones being being moving on to uh to bigger and better things because he might be a great guy apparently apparently the his players love him apparently he is a, a really good human being develops really good relationships with his guys unfortunately his guys on the offensive line weren't having the success the recruiting wins weren't enough maybe it's a u of h thing maybe something's in the water who knows it just wasn't working, so that needed to that needed to happen. Um, the worst thing about that, even though that needed to happen, and we were talking about it and we wrote about it um, during the season last year, that didn't happen until what after spring signing day and after no. the port- after the portal closed. It was in February. Yeah. It which is. After signing day, which is, you know, that's kind of doing that's kind of doing things dirty. It's doing things dirty to a coach because you're limiting you're limiting opportunities for them to go find another job, but you're also going through a recruiting cycle, telling guys that you're going after offensive linemen, which we're desperate need of, trying to recruit them and get them in knowing you're about to fire their offensive coordinator. So it kind of feels like a, a, a trap. And it was actually late January when Brandon Jones was fired. My apologies. But it's still the same. You're coming into that, that signing day, and you let a guy go. And what does that say to all the relationships that he'd built within the program as well as outside? Well, I mean, the, but, guys, the guys that he's dealing with, the guys that have direct impact on – his game, his production, his day-to-day life experience, those guys are all gone. Yeah. The way I look at it, if I am if I am if I am outside of U of H and I'm running a marketing company um, whose job it is to attract athletes to find them whatever best NIL opportunities are at whatever school. Right. I've got ammo on top of ammo to sell a kid. Look, you've got all these things. This is this is what you're seeing every day, whether you like it or no. These are these are just the hard hard facts. Do you really want to do that? Is that what you think is part of, is is going to be the best use of your career? Um, in something that you already know that your career can be over in a heartbeat. Just a little freak injury, just like you had last year. You already know that you already know the the downside of what can happen and how quick all that disappears. You know, you know that your career is finite. So, are you going? Is this the best place for you to to make an impact and reach all of your goals in your life? 
I mean, it, you got ammo on top of ammo to, to sell to get a kid to move. Yeah, so I think it breaks down like this. I think you lost your, your position coach that helped you succeed. You lost your run game coach. You lost your offensive coordinator. In the one season that Alton played, his offensive line was Patrick Paul, Dennis Bardwell, Keenan Murphy, Cody Russey, and Tank Jenkins. Those five guys started every single game. Now you only have Tank Jenkins, who's a backup, and Patrick Paul, who's still dominating on the left side. Right. So he's got two of the guys that helped keep him upright and healthy and successful. He right. doesn't have his quarterback. No. He's going into a situation, or would be going into a situation with a new quarterback, a, basically a new offensive line, and would likely have to share more of the reps with Brandon Campbell and Stacy Sneed. It's just, I believe, what was going to happen. Right. And so all of these things combined with not getting the big-time NIL deal that he could perhaps get otherwise mm -hmm. uh, led him to make a decision. Yeah. And this obviously is us speculating, looking at the information we have and trying to figure it out. Right. I think guys like this have to be taken care of in NIL. And I think they have to be taken care of in NIL before you start going out and promising it to new players. Well, yeah. And I transfers think in. And I don't, we may just not have gotten that point the first try. But I well, think I'm it's something thinking, that has to happen down the road. I'm thinking, I'm thinking we took care of him to the best of our ability. Perhaps, but we don't know. And True. It, I'm, we'll I'm, just I'm leave saying, it at that. I guess, I guess I hope that that's, that's the case. Right. I think that's, that's fair to say. Um, but, you know, even, even um, I think Kelvin mentioned something along, not, not regards to, to NIL, but he was talking, I, I think, last year that the number one recruiting job he has to do every single year is recruit the guys currently on the roster. Currently on his roster. Because you know guys have an option. It's a new world. And people, people don't like it. College purists don't like it. But it is what it is. The power that coaches used to have over every single player, that's gone. So you better be, you, you better be recruiting the hell out of your own players. Because if not, they're gone. Yeah, I think that's actually, surprisingly, a really good point from you. Um, they're few and far between. Yeah, well, I think this is the first one we've ever had. But I agree with you that you have to win your current roster over. And when you're remaking your coaching staff and the people that the players are around all the time, you may have to win them over even more. Absolutely. You know, and so Nagavi comes in to run the running game and the offensive line. It's a new philosophy. It's a it's a run game blocking, and that's what they're really focused on. Run, yeah, run game blocking. Sure, and that's what they're really focused on right now. Sure, and I'm all for it because they sucked at it last year. Yeah, they weren't they weren't great, but he saw this. Alton saw what was happening and saw that the offensive linemen 
kind of purge themselves. Mm-hmm. Does that play a factor? Maybe. And Dana talks about exit interviews, and those are fine. But that's not recruiting your guys. That is, hey, how'd it go? What you thinking? If you're, if, you're at a, if you're trying to recruit your guy back at an exit interview, you lost you're, him already. You've lost. You're right. You've lost. But I, I just don't. As, as a headhunter for most of my career, my advice to candidates was always: if they're going to try to, if they're going to try to counter offer you, um, you still need to go because that just means you're going to be the first one fired in six months because they're going to replace you because that nobody ever forgets that. So when it comes down to your exit interview and and you're trying to, that's where you that's where you make your recruiting pitch. You lost him months ago. You're way behind the ball. Yeah. I, I mean, there's really no way to to disagree with that. And it, you know, it, unfortunately it or fortunately for us, fortunately or unfortunately, I don't I don't know. It's kind of a double edged sword. This isn't something that we've had to worry about very often because not a lot of our starters are leaving. None of our a lot of starters have had a lot of value outside of U of H. Um, but this has happened. Ironically, the last big running back to leave was Charles Sims. Yeah. Where did he go, Ryan? He went to the West Virginia University. Who was the coach? That was one little bit more hair, Dana Holgerson. Hmm. Okay. See, it happened. And I, from day one, when Charles Sims left... I was 100% in favor because he did what I thought players should have to do to transfer at that time. Right. He got a degree. He fulfilled And if you get a degree, you should be able to do whatever you want with the time remaining that you have. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, it's much wider open now. And Alton is – Charles had one year to play, I believe. Yeah, he was. A, he left. McCaskill has three, and so I would give McCaskill the edge in terms of benefit to what you know what you're going to be able to get out of him. I think McCaskill is the in the portal era is the most important player that you've lost. I think he's more important than Derek. Oh, absolutely. Derek was never going to fit in the offense that Dana was trying to run. No. You're losing uh, your best running back in years. Um, And I just, I don't know how the 2023 team rebounds from that. You are already in a tough spot, losing your best receiver, losing your best quarterback. Now you lose your best running back. Well, I mean, you lost your, maybe your best offensive lineman. He was the Second only. Best, probably. He was the only off. He was the only quarterback. Well, I understand that, but I, I'm saying that you know, yeah. if you're looking for a one at each offensive position, you oh, lost yeah. your first or second best offensive lineman, your best tight end, your best receiver, your best quarterback, and now your best running back. Mm-hmm. That is not the way to succeed in a more difficult league. In a league well, I mean, with bodies that you do not see every game. 
we would be extremely concerned even if we were playing in the AAC. In the new AAC with Rice and, and UTSA and FIU and FAU or whoever. No offense, UTSA. We, we, we love you guys. No, UTSA. You've, you've handed us some very difficult, hard-to-swallow pills in the last 10-plus years. Uh, played them the first time in 2013, if I recall, in San Antonio. And that was a tie game until a blocked kick. And then, obviously, we know what happened on August 29th, 2014. And last year, the three overtimes with – Toon tumbling into the end zone. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been really interesting games. Yeah, but they haven't been great for us. Well, you won two of those. Still wasn't great for us. It was just they. It was it was it was a harbinger of things to come. Right. If you're in a dogfight with UTSA, things probably aren't going to go well down the line. No offense, UTSA. None at all. I love beacon them. And everything y'all are doing. I'm actually going to San Antonio this weekend. It's Fiesta. Uh, You know, family stuff and Fiesta and... Swimming in the river walk. Eating. You know, I've never done that. You would think that between you and me, one of us would have fallen over or jumped over or... Yeah. uh, Done laps. In in my glory days in San Antonio, I I did not even walk near the river. I was always near... if If I'm down on the on the level where the river is, I'm up against the wall because I was probably um, not capable of standing upright long enough. So if I'm going to fall, I'm falling into a wall, not in the water. Um, But I've always, I've always loved San Antonio. San Antonio was always just such a really cool, different kind of city here in Texas. If they would turn that river walk into like a lazy river, that would just let you kind of float. That would be hilarious. I I know. I'm not trying to give you all ideas, San Antonio, but if you think about it, I'm just saying think about it. 